It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back for the sixth round pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers. My name is Michael Beck, joined by Maddie Peverell, Dave Schofield, and Jeffrey Benedict. Boy, oh boy, it sounds like the Steelers certainly got a good one and some fantastic value. They get Quincy Roche out of the University of Miami. Uh, before that, he was at Temple. Sack artist on the edge. They finally get their edge rusher. And man, this guy had some high ratings. It seems like a steal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Maddie, I'm just going to turn it directly over to you because I, I don't know if there's anyone more excited about this pick than you are. How are you feeling about this one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. This is better than Fryermuth, and I won 250 bucks off Fryermuth. This is a terrific pick. This is a guy I previewed in War Room. It was the first War Room. He was in my early mocks. It was a guy that I was going with the third round. I'd forgotten he was – I thought he'd been taken a couple picks beforehand because I'd seen a couple of things on Twitter that were misleading. This is great. This is depth at the outside linebacker position. This is, as you said, sack artist, 30 and a half sacks, 45 games, 54 tackles for a loss at the collegiate level, eight force fumbles. I mean, you know, there was a lot around Gregory Rousseau out of Miami and what have you, but you've got to look on the other side, on the other side of the line. And, and that's Quincy Roche. This is a terrific pick. And, and I think if anyone's sort of feeling a bit of a downer after the fourth, sort of the fourth picks, the fourth round picks that we had and the, or the fifth round with getting louder milk, Jump back up and be happy with this one, baby. I love the enthusiasm. Now, before we went on live, Dave Schofield was saying this guy could play a lot. Dave, how are you feeling about this pick? Yeah, I love it, except his name. I just completely butchered it in the in the breaking news podcast because how do you, how can you say Roche and not have the accent over the E? 
So therefore, it smells like Roche. So I'm going to not screw it up. I'm going to go with what um, I, I, I mentioned and we, we put in the knee-jerk article. He is now Q from the U. That's who he is. Um, so I, I'm kind of like Maddie. I He was a guy that was actually on my radar from doing some, some mock drafts, but as an earlier pick, not here. I didn't even really remember he was there. And to see that name come across, I was like, Wow, that's a good thing. He's he's should be have the 2021 role of what Alex Highsmith was in 2020, just right there for the taking. I think he's good. I think he's gonna be give getting snaps week one on a on a relief rotational level if if everything works out well. He, he, well, let's just say he'll have the opportunity to earn that and and I think it's going to be more snaps than the last three draft picks um, that, that what he's going to be getting here. It's, it's a position that they needed another guy that to play significant time. And I feel like they got it. Now, Jeffrey Benedict, we just added a guy 30 and a half career college sacks. That is outstanding. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on this pick? I like it. I like it for the, for a backup edge in the situation we're in. I said what we need is someone who is more polished than upside. We need someone who's more ready now. And they grab out and grab someone who is high production, who who shows good awareness on film. Like this, this they got the right guy. This is a perfect fit for what they need. Uh he may not have huge upside, but you you never know. If someone's producing and they start producing, that that's all that matters. Uh so I like the pick a lot. Now, Maddie. Also, before we we went on live, you uh, ran through some of the Steelers draft picks rankings in terms of Daniel Jeremiah and a few other uh, people that uh, rank prospects. So, you said the Steelers got some significant value not only in this pick but throughout their entire draft. Yeah, that's it's a great shout, Michael. So, if we look at the picks so far, right? We drafted Najee Harris at 24. He was 20 on Daniel Jeremiah's top 150. We then drafted Pat Freemuth, who was number 46 at pick 55. We got Kendrick Green, who was 105 at 87, but obviously it filled a need for us, and Kendrick Green's higher on other boards, and just because it's a sleeping on some people's board, also you got to factor in that they were starting to think about, and Daniel Jeremiah already said he's got to convert to center when he released that mock draft, um, or sorry, that prospect list. Quincy, or the Q from the U, prospect 1-2-1 at pick 216. I mean, this is fantastic. I mean, over, like while you were talking there, like Dave and Jeff, Look at Alex Highsmith. We're all really like, oh, what about Alex Highsmith last year? Quincy, like Alex Highsmith coming out of college only had 21 sacks. He had um, 47 tackles for a loss, only four force fumbles, five pass defense. I should have added before too that Quincy, the Q from the U, has seven pass defense as well. I mean, the guy's done it on paper. The guy's done it on paper and we've drafted him later. Uh, before we uh, continue on with these uh, conversations on Quincy Roche, got a couple super chats we should get to. Uh, first one here from BGPO Football Funk, who puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip jar, says, "Here we go, Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Super Bowl. Love it. Uh, it was a good pick, so I'm also excited about that one. Uh, we also got uh, Keith Barnaby here, who also puts a dollar ninety nine in the tip jar. Says Dylan Moses was right there, Alabama linebacker, legit. Now." I'll throw this one over to Dave Schofield because we have seen a number of players fall a little bit here. Uh, of course, Dylan Moses being one of those guys. 
does this kind of go to show the COVID year that maybe uh, the, the guys in the media and people that aren't behind the scenes don't quite know as much uh, as the guys in the scouting departments? Yes. <laughs> I mean, do they even in a non-COVID year, do they really? I mean, think about it. You're always going to have stuff like this. That's why, I mean, does anyone ever get even just a first-round mock draft correct? You don't. It just because you're asking people, let's just say this. If the people who were breaking this down for us to consume as fans were that good, they would be employed by NFL teams. So not that they're not good, but they're not that good, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, there's some of them that maybe could have been, but they're not. But I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. It's simply how it goes. And, and you talk about the linebacker from Alabama – the Steelers already grabbed an inside linebacker, and they actually have a lot of bodies there already. They needed – I mean, I still feel they could add another edge rusher just because they need more bodies. I think if they don't grab one in the next two picks, they're going to have to probably get one or two as undrafted rookie free agents because they just simply need bodies there. So love this pick. And, and not only that, that would, this was the one spot. And I know some people are like, oh, well, slot corner – the Steelers have other things they can do for slot corner. They can have Cam Sutton play on the outside in base and slide into the slot with somebody like a James Pierre on the outside whenever they go into sub package. They have options. The only person they had to, to take on outside linebacker was Cassius Marsh. You know, this was the biggest need remaining, in my opinion. So speaking of Cassius Marsh and Quincy Roche, Jeffrey Benedict, I'll ask you this one. When it comes to the Steelers' depth chart now, uh, how does it round out behind Watt and Highsmith? Is it as cut and dry as the guy with the experience being above them? And how do you kind of figure uh, playing time gets uh, broken down percentage-wise? Well, the Steelers will list Marsh ahead of uh, Roche because they always list veterans uh, ahead of rookies. But you're gonna see a great competition here and by great i mean i expect this rookie to absolutely destroy cassius marsh and training camp and preseason um i i think i think roche is gonna be one of those guys especially in the preseason who who really shows up and and looks impressive uh he's just that type of player and i i think he's gonna gonna win the majority of the snaps right off the bat Maddie, I know this is one of your favorite prospects, so I'm curious if you've seen enough out of him to say whether or not he's also good as a as a pass defender, stepping back in coverage like we know the Steelers like to get out of their guys like a TJ Water. Even occasionally Bud Dupree was asked to do. So is uh, Quincy Roche strictly a pass rusher, or is he someone that could uh, drop back in his own? Yeah, so I mentioned before he had like sort of those seven pass defense. Uh, look, a lot of his uh, – it's hard because you watch a lot of highlights, right? So, like, I, you know, in terms of these sorts of players, a lot of it is really focused around his pass rush. But I think, interestingly, while we're talking there, I pulled up his, um, you know, RAS score, relative athletic score. He's had a vertical jump of 32.5. That gets him a rating of 6. But his broad jump was an 8.16. It was a massive grade. His broad jump was a 9.11. His 40-yard dash, it was a 4.69. Like at that position, that's an 8.91 ranking. So, I mean, this is, he is athletic. Um, the only thing for me was that his shuttle was was pretty average. And then the rest of it, the only reason he got downgraded on his relative relative athletic score was around his size. But, but they have him listed there as defensive end rather than that outside linebacker. So, yeah, I mean, look, you probably are expecting him to do a bit more of a pass rush. But 
I think, you know, TJ's got a few more ball skills than we like to give credit for as well. So if you've got this versatility there, we obviously saw Alex Highsmith last year get that interception as well. I mean, Lamar pretty much threw it at his head, but, <laughs> you know, that was what it was. Still made a nice play on it. Yeah. Still, that's right. You've got to make the play. And this is the thing. It's how you use people. And I think when we look at the Steelers as well, you know, and I look at some of these defensive ends, some of that, and it was talked about actually with this prospect class, Bucky Brooks was talking about how there are a number of guys that, you know, uh, listed as edge that will play outside linebacker in some schemes that can learn a little bit of that pass coverage. So, I mean, I like what I see from overall as an athletic prospect here. So, Dave, what do you think of uh, the Steelers' linebacking depth at both inside and outside linebacker now that they have had one guy to either spot? Well, they definitely had the bigger needed outside. Inside linebacker, it would have been more about if you wanted to upgrade what you were doing. They they have the people in place. The question is how much of those hybrid safety slash linebackers do you want to count as linebackers? Or are they going to transition those guys, you know, based on their defense? Or are they is Marcus Allen a linebacker? Is Miles Killebrew a linebacker? Or is he a safety? Because he's another one of those guys. Antoine Brooks. That's three guys right there that you're not even sure which one they are. So for now, I think Allen's the only one they have listed as a linebacker. I'm not sure. Killebrew might be. I'm not sure. But they have a lot of bodies, I think, at inside linebacker. The only question was if they were trying to upgrade anything. So they addressed that position, um, and we'll see what they go there. But this was – I mean – I, I still feel like the Steelers are getting a third or fourth round pick now in the sixth round, that this is like having an extra third or fourth on what they did, not just the player, but for what they needed as well. That's why it's just such, I mean, to me, it's, it's the best Steelers steal that they've had in this draft. Jeffrey, as we get to this point in the draft, we see it quite often that uh, these players really round out uh, team special teams units. The Steelers have added a ton of players that are, that exceed on special teams. Uh, Roche is only going to add to that. What do you think of uh, the Steelers special teams units as a whole? And are, are they significantly better than they were last year? Well, see, I thought they were pretty good last year. Like they were a pretty good team on special teams last year. And, and adding these guys, uh, I think one of the things it says is, is you're going to see Robert Spillane not playing special teams as much. Obviously, Alex Highsmith, he's off special teams. Uh, you're going to see James Pierre, who was our gunner. Is he? He's going to probably be on special teams. You know, you're going to have a good chunk of players who just aren't going to be playing special teams that were last season, and they have to replace them. Uh, so I, I think you're seeing that kind of a focus that the Steelers are saying, "Hey, we're moving some of these guys up, and we need to replace what they did on special teams." And they're also seeing, I, I think you're seeing the Steelers draft athletic guys who can play special teams, saying these guys are football players. You know, these guys are football players, and that's kind of the direction we want to go when we're bringing in our depth and our, and our, and our, you know, guys that can even have the potential to start in the future. What's up, Dave? I, I have to ask, Jeffrey, you're the Michigan guy, the University of Michigan. Are you familiar with Cameron Cheeseman? Cheeseman? Cheeseman. Yeah. Long yeah. snapper. <laughs> Long snapper. Just got drafted in the sixth round by the Washington football team at 225. Best pick ever. Oh. Yeah. Gotta, gotta love that sixth round. Long snapper. What was the I'm sorry. Long snappers were the best. Or 225. Best I don't know if make. Oh, yeah. gosh. Only if yeah. Jeff Hartman was in, in this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish he was here. 
I just yeah. had to know if a Michigan fan even knew who that was. Uh, yeah, I, I, I recognize the name. <laughs> we, did the, we did that curtain call on Michigan, and honestly, that, that name never popped up when I, when I was <laughs> yeah. researching prospects. So that is interesting to say the least. Uh, I'll go around with everyone on this next question here. I'll start off with Maddie. This Steelers draft, does it give you confidence that this team can still compete and be a contender in the AFC North and win this division? Oh, big time. Big time. I mean, I'm like obviously we didn't have a first round draft pick last year and you know we were excited about the prospect or the opportunity that Claypool had. But uh, yeah, I mean, like coming out of this draft, we've filled a bunch of needs. We've gotten better at a number of different positions. We've just gone and got depth at a really key position for us where we've got two great guys. You know, the other thing too is I think you think about this guy like bringing Q from the UN, like you are going to now put that, that, I guess that extra motivation if he needed any on Alex Highsmith to keep performing. There's a guy chasing, chasing him down here as well. So this is, this is really good from the Steelers. You know, we obviously upgraded the tight end position. We got the best running consensus running back in the draft. I mean, if that's the case, you know, you, you could do worse um, from that perspective. We got a guy like Kendrick Green, which is a, I would start to say, like a typical Steelers pick. We went out and got an offensive lineman that we believed in that fitted what we wanted to do, not necessarily what a bunch, what was the the sexy pick in the from an O line perspective. So, yeah, I'm I'm loving this, but at the same time, I want to see them get the next two right as well because Louder Milk could be the one we look back on and go eek. <laughs> oh, we're gonna keep going back to that until he proves us wrong, aren't we? Yep. Well, uh, Jeffrey, I'll move on to you in the next one. And before we get there, a lot of people are trying to crown the Cleveland Browns offseason champions for the third consecutive year. Uh, they're a team improving. They, they got a good coaching staff going on there now. Is that the team the Steelers got to knock off, or are they still the top dogs in the AFC North? Only three years? I, eh, that's what it sounds like, <laughs> consecutively. Yeah, like, um, oh, yeah, the don't they win the draft season. every year for the last eight years? On the yeah, day, they the always win the draft. <laughs> they always win the draft. Uh, they pick a lot of players that you know draft guys like. It's almost like maybe they don't know how to scout, or they don't trust their own scouts. I don't know. Maybe their scouts are just taking their money and then like reading them back uh, Mel Kiper's draft board or something. I don't know. But uh, Cleveland always does well with fan casual people's perceptions, right? Mm. And the Steelers are the team that picks guys that you're like, who is this guy? They're never going to work out. And then, you know, the next year when they redraft, a team that had no first-round picks suddenly has three guys redrafted in the first round. Uh, so so I'm not worried about the Browns. Uh, not like – I'm not worried about the Browns assembling some juggernaut roster that's unassailable, right? Uh, I'm more concerned about the Browns because the Browns – threw the monkey off their back last year when they beat us in the playoffs. And they're, they're going to come at the Steelers thinking that we're equals now. And the Steelers really, if they're going to, if they're going to retake the AFC North and kind of put the Browns back where the Browns used to be, they're going to have to not just win. They're going to have to really beat them, you know, make them, make them get that idea in their head that, Oh yeah, last year was a fluke, but we really can't like 38 to seven beat them. <laughs> yeah just had to put yeah. that out there <laughs> or just, like even end of the game you're just running down their yeah. throats and they can't stop you you know yeah. stuff where it's just frustrating stuff where they're sitting there saying really you know really we just can't beat the Steelers because that's how it used to be the Steelers they walk into the game knowing we're gonna lose well we gotta get back to that 
you know, and that's going to, that's, it's a hard road now because the Browns, the Browns know they can take us. The Browns know they have a chance to win. Before we get to Dave on that question, Patty, I saw you had a bit of a reaction there. Was there something you want to bring up? Oh yeah. I mean, this is, this is where it's going to be. This is going to be the typical Steeler hate here, you know, from the mainstream media, because it's going to be like, oh, the Steelers, you know, let's say we do lose a couple of games and what have you. The Browns have got the third strength schedule, you know, so all these, these picks that they supposedly make, all these players that they bring in are suddenly looked at in a sort of different light because people just go, oh, the Browns have got X wins or they've got X number of stats. It's it's a different ball game here. Like, we're the ones that are going in. And I think that's what makes me pumped up, To back to your question before, about this draft this draft class because I feel like we we're, we have prepared for a strength of schedule of a, a division-winning team, a, a strength of one schedule. So, Dave, uh, I'll, I'll bring this question all the way back to you. Uh, are you happy enough with this Steelers draft that they are still contenders for the AFC North title? Yeah, I mean, I was. There's times where I was concerned because, and 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 this is yet. I feel in the sixth round like I did in the third round. It's one of those things of why are you taking this player when you obviously need to address this. And it seems like I have to listen. I have to listen to two or three picks. Nothing wrong with those picks, but then when you get the next one, like, oh, they had this there. Then I'm so glad they grabbed what they did when they ha- when they had the chance to. I am so glad they grabbed Najee Harris in the first round. Although I was not a first round running back guy, I'm glad they grabbed Fairmuth in the second round. Fairmuth. I can't even get it out of my mouth, and I even think I know how to pronunciate it. It's a hard name. In the second round. (laughs) Okay. They got him in the second round. But then they get their guy in the center in the third round, and I'm like, that makes so much sense. They have another tackle that doesn't have to play right away and can develop, but could you know, surprise everybody. Then they get the edge rusher that you know is – was a position that was going to need to take snaps in week one. And they have a guy that can, that has a legitimate chance that I know what Jeffrey says, they're going to put Cassius Marsh ahead of him on the depth chart. So I'm not, when I publish this tomorrow, guess what? He's going in as the number three edra- or outside linebacker because I feel that they got a guy there and just so much value. That's why I'm like, and the other guys they got, even though, Two of them were players that possibly might have not even been drafted. The Steelers felt that they needed to take them there because they thought other people might like them. And they did we should did we have to take Deontay Johnson where we drafted him? Uh yeah, we actually did. Did we have to take like who's that Javon Hargrave guy in the in the third round? Oh, how about a guy that was starting for them almost right away? You know, because it depends on which defense was on the field to start. Um, that's the kind of picks that I think some of those other guys could be. And do they always hit on those? No. Do I expect them to hit on all, was it going to be nine picks they're going to end up with if they make the last two? No. There's going to be a couple in there that don't work out, but there's so much potential with those other ones that I, I really love how this is playing out. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting when you say that too, because now I think about it, has it been a clean cut? They went four straight offensive players, now defensive players ever mm-hmm. since. Yeah, well, I think it has been. Uh, yeah, right. four, four than three. Yeah, yeah. So then I, I guess they're going to go defensive player with their first seventh rounder, and then they take the punter with the take second the seventh rounder. <laughs> so, so then it's just a clean draft, right? 
I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Michael's all in for that one. He's ready for that Jim <laughs> with Rob. You, oh, just wanna, you don't even want the punter. You just want it for Jeff, don't you? Yes, exactly. <laughs> we're in the seventh um, round. We're now we in the, the seventh, seventh round. round. Yep. Oh, goodness. What, 21 picks till the Steelers are up, I'm thinking? So uh, we're yeah, getting there. 45, right? 245? Yeah, 245. Okay. 45 and 254. Okay. I remember that they picks. were. Yes. So, so as we rapidly approach that, we'll uh, just go through a couple more things to round out this show. Maddie, I'm curious. Do you think this is the Steelers' steal of the draft? I don't know. For, I don't. I don't think we expected Frymuth to be there at 55, but this would have to be. Oh, this has to be pretty up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you've got a player like, I mean. People said he might be taken end of day two, early day three on a lot of different mocks and experts and pundits, talking heads, whatever. We got him a pick 216. I I think that's pretty amazing. Like Frymuth, you know, he probably was, you know, no one expected him to be there at 55, but certainly if tight ends started to fall, we all obviously, it was hard because Kyle Pitts was always going to be a top 10 player. So when you look at Frymuth, judging where teams felt, about Frymuth and the rest of the tight end class is difficult. A guy like Brevin Jordan at the tight end position, he's on, he went in the 140s to the to the Texans or the Bills. I can't remember which one it was, but he was a guy that was mentioned to be in the third round. To get a quality pass rush guy like, you know, Q from the U this late, yeah, still the draft for me so far. Um, Jeffrey, this one going over to you. Um, do you think uh, this pick or really in general, what what's your favorite pick of the draft so far? Oh, it's got to be louder milk, right? <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> it might be the only person to say that. No, not that one. Um, I'm I'm probably gonna go with the center in round three, uh, because they actually drafted a center. That's my favorite pick. So far. <laughs> very low bar. Because if they hadn't Jeff if they Denver. hadn't drafted a center, I would I would be. Uh, Speaking I wouldn't, of centers, I wouldn't be Jimmy Morrison. I wouldn't. Be, I'd be like board. laying on the side, just crying on t- on camera right now. Uh. So yeah, that's gotta be that's gotta be my favorite pick. <laughs> um, I'm seeing the Steelers' name is back on the ticker. So what? I think that makes them 15 picks away. So we should. Uh, I, I think we can get our final thoughts out now and uh, wrap up the show. We'll start with Dave Schofield on this one. Uh, yeah, final... I can give my favorite. <laughs> exactly, uh, Quincy Roche. Uh, final thoughts on him. Um, well. It's it's borderline whether this or the center is my favorite pick, just because you know, like Jeffrey said, with the center, just the fact that they drafted one and it and, and it made so much sense after they did it. They're like, oh, that's why they passed on those other guys. There's this guy they could have got here, and he actually fits what they like to do better. So I love that mentality. I love the value they got here. This is value. This is value. I don't think this was the ultimate plan for the Steelers. I don't think they were. They went into this draft thinking, "Oh, let's get Roche in round six. <laughs> no, I mean, they th- honestly, they went in thinking, "Let's get Kendrick Green in round three. I'm sure they did, but they didn't. They weren't thinking they were getting Roche in round six. I don't. I don't believe so. I'd have been ecstatic with this pick if this is who they traded up for in round five. So that's my ultimate thoughts there. Um, could he end up being being someone that doesn't pan out? Sure. But you know what? It's a sixth-round pick. Mm. And uh, he could really fit into that category of the Steelers have had some really good six-round picks. So uh, hopefully he can add to that. Nobody say Mr. Third and Fifth's name. Nobody say it. <laughs> uh, Matty Peverell, final thoughts, Quincy Roche. 
I agree with exactly what Dave said there. I, I would have been happy with him at 140, you know, 128 even. Like, I, th that's the quality of this pick. And then you look at him at like 216, 100 picks on from that. Yeah, this is this is incredible. I, I, and like, it was brought up in the live chat, you know, there's guys like Jason Oway that were taken by the Ravens. No sacks, you know, and then you've got a guy like Quincy Roche. And obviously it's versus the competition that you've got, but like, 30 and a half sacks in 45 games, the 54 tackles for a loss. Like I'm going to say that again, because there's, there's serious numbers there. So yeah, love it. Absolutely love the pick. Yeah. It, I've, I, I forgot something that Maddie triggered in my brain. Go just for to it. throw one of Maddie's. Cause then I got to let Jeffrey go. And that is the biggest thing with, with Roche Q from the U is that he was branded a three, four outside linebacker, that that was his idea yep. fit. So yep. that's that's the the key here. Not all college guys are that kind of guy, and that's another thing that that adds to it. Yeah, I think Mike Tomlin even mentioned that in his pro day or in the the pre draft uh, press conference. I should say he specifically mentioned that it, it's harder finding those guys because most teams play four three defense. Uh, yeah. With that being said, Jeffrey, I'll give you the floor. Closing thoughts on Quincy Roche. Steelers found their number three edge rusher. They found a guy who's going to stick around, and for his entire rookie contract, he is going to complement uh, the edge rush. He's going to be a situational pass rusher. He's going to give you actual production from that spot, not Anthony Ciccolo. Well, he's not going to you know suck too bad, or Ola Denis, not those guys. He's going to give you something real from that spot, and uh, that's exciting. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be two more picks, hope, possibly for the Steelers in the seventh round. We will bring both of the both of those to you uh, on YouTube, Facebook, and wherever you get your podcast from. So make sure you turn, tune into that. Also, make sure you click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Tons of breakdown on this pick already, including all the picks from days one, two, and three of the draft. So make sure you're clicking over, subscribing, following, doing all that great stuff to help support us, help support the show. Thank you for tuning in. We will see you guys very shortly. The Steelers are almost on the clock again. We will see you guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.